Welcome to our look at Philippians together in daily drive time devotions. We're looking at Philippians chapter one this week. Today, we're looking at verses seven to 11. You might remember yesterday, we began a look at how you find joy in relationships. Relationships can steal our joy or they can give us joy, depending on how we look at them and what we do with them. And so yesterday, we, we talked about the fact that you have to start by putting people in your thoughts. If you don't think about people, if you only think about yourself, if you only think about things, if you only think about money and getting ahead, you're never going to have joy because joy is found in our relationships. So you, you put people in your thoughts. You intentionally thank God for them. You intentionally take joy in people. And there's two other ways we're going to look at today that you can find joy in relationships. It's by putting people in your heart and putting people in your prayers. You put people in your heart. Joy is impossible if you don't put people in your heart. Sometimes in seeking not to be hurt, in deciding not to waste the energy to get involved with people, we rob our heart clean of joy. The minute you decide to keep people out of your heart, you're also deciding to keep joy out of your heart. But Paul brought people into his heart. In verses seven and eight in Philippians one, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. There's two key words in, in those verses about how I can put people in my heart, partnership and fellowship. Partnership is when you decide to do something with someone. Now, does that always result in joy? Of course not. You may have been involved in a partnership that resulted in a devastating sense of loss or, or, or grief. So what is the kind of partnership that does result in joy? Well, Paul says in these verses, it's a partnership where you share in God's grace. That's where it comes from. Whether in chains, he says, or whether defending and confirming the gospel, joy works no matter what the weather, spelled W-H-E-T-H-E-R, no matter what I'm going through in my life, whether chains or defending the gospel, when I focus on God's grace, that's where the joy is. Whether I agree or disagree with you on this issue, we share God's grace, and that is the partnership that results in joy. Now, Paul talks here about defending and confirming the gospel. Interesting words, defending the gospel, apologetics, the idea of making a good argument for the truth of the gospel. Confirming the gospel, that has the idea of building up, encouraging the truth of the gospel in people's lives. And we need both. And Paul says we're a partner in both because of God's grace. That's one of the places that we put people in our heart through partnership, doing together what God has given us to do because of his grace, founded on his grace. The other way to put people in your heart is through fellowship. And we use that word a lot, but what does it mean? Uh, let me get at what that word means, that word fellowship with a question. What is the difference between friendship and fellowship? A lot of people would say, well, there's really no difference. One of them is done at church, the other not at church, but they're sort of the same thing. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there's a depth to our relationship in fellowship. There's a commitment to each other that's going to last through this life and into eternity that is much stronger than simply friendship. And what's the difference? The main difference is in the source. The real source of fellowship is different than the source of friendship. The source of friendship is, I like you. We're, we're like each other. We enjoy being with each other. But the source of fellowship, Paul says, the source of my fellowship with you in verse eight is that I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. The source of fellowship is the affection 
of Christ Jesus. Now, in, in the Greek language, the literal word there for affection is, is the bowels. That's a confusing word to us. In the Greek culture, the idea of love wasn't just limited to loving somebody with all of your heart. They would sometimes use all the organs of the body. They would talk about the upper intestines and the bowels and the liver. So it was sort of, I love you with all my bowels. Sort of a strange concept to us, I admit. But to get to what it really means, the idea here is, I've got a love so strong, so real, that I can, I can feel it physically. And Paul says, I long for you with the affection of Christ. Affection is not just something in a romantic relationship. Paul reminds us here that I really love you. I want to be around you. It's an interesting phrase, the affection of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus Christ has affection towards you? You may have thought about the fact that he loves you. God so loved the world. But have you thought about the fact that he has affection for you? He told his disciples, I want you to be with me where I am. He talks about the fact that he rejoices in our being present with him. That affection that Jesus has towards you is to be shared with others, and that is fellowship. You put people in your heart. Paul also in these verses talks about putting people in your prayers. If I had to choose one practical thing to do to add more joy to my life, it'd be to pray for others. If I had to give you advice about one practical thing to do when it comes to your relationships, to, to add more joy to your life, it would be to pray for others. Now, what, what do you pray about? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what these verses are about. In fact, what I would, would like to invite us to do is to pray as we walk through this. I don't want to just talk about it and then invite you to do it sometime during the day. Why not do it right now? Why not, as we read these verses about how to pray for other people, get somebody in mind right now that you want to pray for and pray for that person right now as we walk through these verses. Paul says in verse 9, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. What do you pray for for that person you have in mind right now? Pray for people's growth. I pray that your love may grow, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So pray that their love might grow. I would like my love to grow. I'm sure you'd like your love to grow. And I would love it if anyone would pray for me to grow in love. Pray for that person you have in mind right now. Pray for their growth. Becoming more like Christ. Loving more of the people that are around them. God, help them to grow. Take a minute right now in your mind to pray for them. In verse 10, Paul goes on to say, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Pray for people's growth, but also pray for people's choices. For that person you're thinking of right now, pray that they would be able to discern what is best. It's an interesting word there. It's a word used for testing metal to see that it's genuine, the real thing. Help them to see the real thing, Jesus. We've all got a thousand choices to make every day. Pray that that person you're thinking of right now will know how to make the best choice, to choose the real thing. Instead of spending so much time worrying about the worst in people's lives, spend more time praying for the best in people's lives. Pray for people's growth. Pray for people's choices. In the last part of verse 10, he says, I pray that you might be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Pray for people's character. Purity and blamelessness he talks about here. The word purity here in one language has the idea of sun-tested. And it comes from comes from fine pottery that was made and that might get a tiny crack in it. And a, a potter would take some wax and put it into that crack and then paint over it so that when you bought it, you thought it was fine. 
But if you would take that pot and you'd hold it up to the sun and you would see the light shining through the cracks, shining through that wax, you would see the reality of what it was. It was sun-tested, S-U-N-tested. Well, we're to be sun-tested, S-O-N-tested. We're to be tested by the light of Jesus Christ in our lives. Don't settle for anything less than that. And, and pray for the person you're thinking of right now. God, help them not to settle for anything less than being tested by the light of Jesus Christ. It's easy to settle in this life. Give them more. Help their character to grow in you. Purity and blamelessness. Blamelessness has to do with our relationship with others, how others see us. It has to do with your purity being the kind of purity that's attractive to the world. It's a real purity. Others can't find fault in it. Pray for people's character. Take a moment right now to pray for that person you're thinking of, their character, their purity, their blamelessness. Paul gives us one other way to pray for people in verse 11. He prays that they will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Pray for their effectiveness. That person you're thinking of right now, pray for their effectiveness. And pray for the kind of effectiveness that this verse talks about. It talks about the, the fruit, the results of righteousness, righteousness, the, the right relationship that we now have with God. Pray that that would happen in people's lives. There's all kinds of effectiveness in this world. There's effectiveness in people's eyes. There's a effectiveness in uh, my own eyes. There's effectiveness monetarily. There's effectiveness popularity. Paul says, don't settle for that. Pray for the kind of effectiveness that is to the glory and praise of God. That it's going to last for all of eternity and echo through all of eternity to the glory and praise of God. That person you're thinking of right now, pray with faith. And pray, God, help them make choices today. And that the fruit of those choices would be glory to you, praise to you, not only in this world, but also that echoes all the way into eternity. Lord, we do pray. We pray for people. First, we pray for our own growth, for our own choices, for our own character, for our own effectiveness. We wouldn't dare to pray for someone else without praying for ourselves. We need all of those things. I need all of those things. But Lord, you've also taught us to pray for others not to be selfish with our prayers. And so we bring again to mind that person that we've been thinking about. And Lord, we do pray for their growth today, their choices today, their character today, and their effectiveness today. Help them to get to know you. Lord, thank you for your willingness to be at work in our lives. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to be looking at verses 12 to 19 of Philippians chapter 1.